what a wonderful <clears throat> opportunity it is every time we open God's Word. Do you love God's Word? How many of you know that it's food, it's spiritual nourishment for our souls? And that if we partake of this food, this, this bread, that our souls are satisfied. <clears throat> and we know that the nourishment that we get is something that we truly need. Turn with me again to 1 Corinthians and uh, the 12th chapter as we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how God has a special plan for his church. Isn't it wonderful that God didn't just start the church and say, okay, you guys, go for it. You're on your own. No. He said, I will equip you with everything you need to fulfill my purpose to be victorious in establishing my kingdom. I will give you everything you need to reach the nations, everything you need to persevere and no victory until I return. And so it's God's equipping. He equips the saints, that's us, for the work of the ministry. And he gives us everything necessary. And so, let's look at verse 1 again and review our context here. As the apostle is speaking to the Christians at Corinth, saying, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who, as part of the Godhead, how many of you know that the Holy Spirit is every bit God as Jesus Christ and the Father. You know, it encourages me to read in Genesis how the Holy Spirit was there at creation, moving on the face of the waters. That's the same Holy Spirit that's with us here in this service this morning. The Holy Spirit in our heart with all of the, the creative power of God. And we think about, oh my goodness, how wonderful. It's the Holy Spirit that's with me. What does that mean? That means he can do anything. 
It means I truly have nothing to worry about because I belong to God. And he is greater than all of the problems that I face in this world. It means that God didn't plan for me to fail. God planned for me to succeed and be victorious in life and in living for him. Think about the the power of God to deliver us from sin, to deliver us from bondage, to open our eyes which are, are blind by spiritual deception, until he opens our eyes, we cannot see and know who he is and what he's doing in this world. And to think that it's his plan to, to give each of us gifts to serve for him and to be fruitful. And what a wonderful thing it truly is. <clears throat> you know, um, there are parts of this study on the Holy Spirit that are somewhat controversial in some places, as you know. And I remember a while back uh, talking to a a person, happened to be a a teacher, at uh, a university teacher, who was saying, well, I really don't believe in all that miracle stuff because of all of these evangelists that have fallen. And I heard that and I said, oh, and so you probably don't believe that medicine is any good because of some of the doctors that are bad doctors. Is that a good comparison? A few bad evangelists does not nullify the gospel. A few bad evangelists don't mean that there's no power available from the Holy Spirit to do the miracles that God said he would. By the way, we need to get our eyes off of the bad examples and put them on the Lord and let the Lord show us good examples. Uh, I don't know about you, but I too have been severely disappointed by those evangelists and those spiritual leaders who <clears throat> fell and uh, were exposed for being uh, frauds and for not living the integrity of the gospel but that in no way reflects upon Jesus Christ upon the church upon the truth of the word of God and God's plan for the church which means what I keep my eyes on the Lord I seek to serve him as he enables me to to live for him with integrity and guess what your life will be good and will be godly (laughs) If you simply obey the Lord as you know, he he is worthy of obedience. Recently, I've been reminded of Pat Boone and his uh, experience. And did you know that Pat Boone is now, can I say it, 84 years old? And uh, what uh, a voice he was back in the early 60s when... uh, he really took a risk. He had a very successful career. Do you realize that, that he sold more albums than anyone but Elvis Presley during the late 50s and early 60s? And uh, the number of, of albums and records and, and motion pictures and projects. That he's, anyway, what a, what a, but anyway, he and his wife were having problems and challenges, and they began to seek the Lord. 
And they had been raised in the, in the Christian church, Church of Christ. You know something about that background. And uh, as they studied and sought the Lord, they experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he wrote a book called A New Song. How many of you are familiar with that book? His Testimony. It's truly a wonderful little book of his testimony. And uh, he was held back a long time from believing in the power of the Holy Spirit because there was a teaching that was common in that church and many churches uh, through the centuries that the, the power and the miracles of the Holy Spirit were limited to the time of the apostles. Have you heard that idea? That's called cessation theology. And I, I mean the rationale is the, the, the apostles and the, and the early Christians needed that power, but it was no longer needed after the first century. How can that be, right? How many of you know that we need the power of the Holy Spirit as much now as ever? But anyway, as Pat Boone wrote this book very skillfully and talked about how he experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and the miraculous power of God, God introduced them to the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And not long after that, Pat and Shirley ended up in church on the way under the, the pastoral ministry of Jack Hayford, and they've been four square people ever since. Now, uh, in my travels and work with Foursquare in California, I've had n a number of occasions to be with Pat Boone and visit with him and know that he's a sincere Christian. And uh, his wife, Shirley, went home to be with the Lord uh, this last January and to pray for him and pray for his family. But anyway, all of that to say, as the Holy Spirit moves in our hearts and helps us to break free and to move into the fullness of his power, we realize that it, it may be controversial even some with other Christians who have been taught differently. And so that's why it's so important for us to study the scriptures. How many of you know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something very clear in the book of Acts? How many of you know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are very clear in the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament? And how many of you know that the Bible really says nothing about the cessation of those gifts or those miracles with the apostles? You have to go outside the scripture to come to that conclusion. And to know that God is working today just as surely as he was working then by his mighty power and to be open to the spirit, the supernatural, to be open to the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, most of you know uh, our testimony, Ginger and I, how we were new students at the University of New Mexico when God baptized us both with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we had been living as Christians but not really able to overcome the challenges and the difficulties of trying to live for Christ in this world, which is just overwhelmed by darkness. But what, a, what an incredible breakthrough it was when we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and began to pray in a language that we had not learned, which was a truly a miracle from God, and has been with us this, this time. And so I want to encourage you to be very open to the power of the Holy Spirit. And what God may 
do in you and through you as there is this release of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, it's important for us to have the perspective to know that the Holy Spirit has been with the church from the first century through every generation. And as you really study history to see about the miracles that took place and the manifestation of the gifts in every generation. And if you're interested in studying this, I would encourage you to do so. I could give you some references, some historical books, some books of theology, uh, some very helpful resources so that you can really know the uh, what God has been doing through the generations and is doing today. But anyway, let me say that we are living in an incredible period in the history of the church where the work of the Holy Spirit through the, the, the Pentecostal movement and the charismatic movement is reaching the far corners of the, of the world in a way never before. This is the greatest time in history for the church. You know, our own movement, the Four Square Church, we have about 2,000 churches in the United States, but the mission movement around the world is approaching 100,000 churches which have been established. And it's all about the power of the Holy Spirit, the move of the Holy Spirit. And Hygienus and Juliet and their experience in Nigeria and with Foursquare Ministry, they could tell you that God's moving in a powerful way in their country as he is in so many places. But <clears throat> I want to give you that orientation and that background and just say a few things about these gifts. As we're going through this list, we got to, through the gift of miracles, I want to say something about the gift of prophecy and then introduce this subject of the gift of speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues that we're going to take up next week in detail. And could you do something this week for homework? Could you read 1 Corinthians 14 that really explains about the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues and the gift of uh, prophecy and how that relates to these gifts and the other gifts? And uh, we're going to talk. And uh, uh, if you have a question or a thought or Something you'd like to cover, please don't hesitate to let me know ahead of time, and I'll talk to you about it and uh, include it in, in the message. But here I want you to see, we talked about miraculous power the ne to another prophecy, which is simply an inspired utterance from God. Now, is all preaching prophecy? Not all preaching, but some preaching is prophetic in the sense that there is a move of the Holy Spirit and there is an inspired utterance which is, is timely and important for the church to receive. There is also prophecy that deals with future events. And God is still revealing to the church what it needs to know for the future. Then to another the discerning or the distinguishing between spirits. Discerning of spirits. How many of you know that's an important gift of the Holy Spirit for the church to have? Let, let me tell you what it is simply. The, the gift of discerning of spirits is about knowing. God helping you know, hear this, what's of him, 
What's of man and what's of the devil? Did you hear what I said? (laughs) If you know that, you are able to discern so much in terms of dealing with people and with life. And there are times when Satan will show up, even at church, as an angel of light. And you have to know. I'll never forget the first time that uh, I experienced this. We were in a a, a wonderful meeting at uh, Calvary Community Church in San Jose, California. This was in the early 1970s. And a great move of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we were in this service and a man stood up and began to prophesy. And Pastor Gerald stood up and interrupted him and said, Brother, sit down. You're out of order. I had never seen that before. But Pastor Fry had the gift of discernment. It was a false prophet that had come into that meeting. And I heard that and I thought, that's important. That's a real responsibility that we have. You know, at all of our Foursquare conventions, when, a, when there's a word or a tongue or interpretation of tongue, it always is considered before it's presented to the congregation by the elders that are there. You know, the scripture says that, that the spirit of the prophet needs to be subject to the prophets. And so it's important that we do everything in decency and in order. We believe in the gift. We believe in the power of the gifts. We believe in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But we need the things that need to be done according to the order of God. Now, let me say something else about distinguishing of spirits here. Sometimes we don't have enough discernment to know that we have discernment. You understand what I'm saying? And I've heard people say things, you know, the Lord showed me this, and they said, I have the gift of discernment. I said, no, I think you have more the gift of suspicion. How many of you know that the gift of suspicion is not from the Holy Spirit? What does the gift of suspicion lead to? Gossip, confusion, and conflict. We need to have the gift, the true gift of discernment to know if it's from God, if it's from man, or from some other place. And it's the gift of discernment that truly protects the church from spiritual uh, deception. Now let me say this, we all have the gift of discernment in measure because the Holy Spirit is in our hearts. But he, but he manifests it in certain ways for the protection and the benefit of the whole body. And uh, we need to know that it's truly an important, especially in this age when there is so much deception, so much fraud, and Satan appears Uh, as an angel of light in so many ways. Okay, next we have the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And then in verse 11, all are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he gives them each one just as he determines. And so we're going to pick it up there next week. And I want you to do your homework. What's your homework? 1 Corinthians 14. (laughs) Okay, good. And uh, we're going to talk about tongues and interpretation of tongues and how they work for the edification of the believer and the edification of the whole church. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, O God. Just as surely as 
You moved upon the face of the waters by your spirit. You move upon us with great power, creative power, delivering power, healing power, helping power. And Lord, we desire to be open to the work of your Holy Spirit today. Lord, as we consider these gifts and the importance of knowing who we are and how you've called us to serve and the gifts that you've given us for service, Lord, help us, Lord, help us to be sensitive to your wisdom and to your leading. Lord, we pray that you'd strengthen our church in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You'd strengthen us in ministry to reach out and fulfill our purpose. And we pray, O oh God, that you'd help each of us to come to maturity in Christ. In Jesus' name.